really good, y'all. Welcome to Be Spirit Led Podcast. It's your hostess, Valerie, and I'm so excited for you guys to be able to join in with me as we chat with our special guest, Elijah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Um, <laughs> so me on the call. I actually stuck in a little pineapple at that time again. <laughs> thank you for having me on the call. It's Elijah D. Um, back at it again here with this um, amazing, wonderful queen. Um, thank you for having me on the platform. I really value who you are. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me today. Um, so background on how I discovered you, I will say, um, I was on a late night clubhouse, uh, room. This was like a minute ago too. Um, and if y'all don't know about the anointed, illustrious, blessed clubhouse, please please get up there get on there. I feel like clubhouse hype has kind of died down. But yep, it has definitely. It ha- definitely has. But I mean, I follow some really good people still that um, have really like poured into my life, and like I love their platform and just them outside of the app. So I, I'm up there from time to time. But anyways, um, I think it was like a faith and deliverance room or like a prayer room. What I forget which one it was. But you were in there and you were sharing your testimony, and I was like, oh my gosh. This dude is not only preaching, but it's, I've felt so blessed because like, I actually have like a similar testimony, just a little different from yours. Um, The Lord paid for my school. Listen, your girl is debt free from college. Stanley Mae don't know me. She ain't never knew me. She never gonna know me. She never will. She never will. Okay. Don't get out of here. She be playing all day. Listen, mm -mm, I rebuke her in the name of Jesus. So... So, yeah, so I just, I was just so floored by just your testimony and just, you know, you sharing about your background and your upbringing, things like that. So tell the people about yourself so they can get to know you. Yeah. So um, if, you, if you don't know me, my name is Elijah. Some people call me the I am man. Um, why? Because I speak into existence the things, you know, like the Bible says that be not as though they are or were. Um, and I definitely believe heavily on manifestation. And when it comes to that, it's more so speaking into yourself and telling yourself the good things about yourself. Um, I am one of uh, nine kids. My father passed away when I was seven years old. Um, and I was combated with, um, actually, no, I was met with a, a beautiful angel, my mother, who um, always encouraged and motivated me to see myself as greater. Um, and never allowed me to wallow in our circumstance, but work towards seeing an outcome. Um, but I was in a place when I was younger, and so the wallowing, uh, where I was confused and I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I was doing. But I was always so determined to get to where I need to go. Um, I, so let's just fast forward the entire story to when I got into high school. I, in high school, I... Um, I was still searching for who I was, right? But I was I was discovering that um, through happiness and through um, pushing people to to be better, um, I found out I found out where I belonged. I went into high school um, and I started applying to colleges around my junior year, looking at things. My guidance counselor tells me 
um, at the tail end. She says, your mom is too broke, so you have to go to community college. I believe she meant that out of love, so I didn't incur any debt, but you don't tell students that who are trying to see themselves more, you know, right. to, to discover themselves. So I was in a, a, a rock, between a rock and a hard place, but I remember walking out and shaking my head saying, no, this is not it. Um, so on my way to community college to, to, you know, to put my paperwork in, I just stopped and I didn't go in. Um, and so it took a village to raise me because, um, that, and that statement is really true, because everyone played an integral part in, in my development to get into Morehouse College. So now I'm heading into Morehouse College after being discouraged, but a fighting spirit got into me. And I, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. I was sitting in IHOP with my friends and we were just singing some songs for the vocal ensemble and this um, um, elderly man named O.T. Wells, he stopped me. He said, hey, young man, what school you go to? I said, Frederick Douglass Academy. Then he said, "Are you in, um, what college you you going to? I said, I, I'm not too sure. Um, he said, well, if you're interested in going to Morehouse College, here's my business card. This man literally handed me his business card. Mind you, in IHOP, after I just walked out of uh, a restroom, just like, this, this, is, this is here. This is for you. Mm-hmm. I believe he was sent from God and he, he saw me through my college. Well, he saw me halfway through my college career, but I still didn't have finance to get there. And that's where the village um, really helped me where I had individuals like pouring into my life to pay my acceptance fee, pouring in my, t- in my life just to get me there. But when I got to Morehouse College on full loans, I remember standing in that financial aid office, shaking my head saying, yo, dang, my like, this is a lot. You know what I mean? Like, this is a lot. Like, I mean, but, but we're going to get it through. She said, boy, you better stand up. This is your uh-huh. future. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, I just remember my guidance counselor telling me I couldn't do it. Ooh, because she's too broke. But this, you see, it's something about a strong black woman that where where nothing you can do or say can really break them that much when they understand where they need to go. And my mother was one of those people that understood where she needed to go and where her son needed to go. Mm-hmm. And because she understood where her light came from, her passion, her power to push me, just ooh, inflamed my heart and, and engulfed it in a way that allowed me to see even more. So... Before I get too, too deep, I remember looking outside and as a freshman and I'm, I'm looking out and it's raining. And while it's raining outside, I'm crying. But while it's raining outside, I get this comfort, right, that while it rains outside, it's pouring in my life. And then I get I call my mom like, Ma, I don't know what's going on here. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. And she said, boy, you just got to pray. You got to pray and trust God because God told me I'm not going to have to worry about you. So mm. I remember walking to the Glee Club, and I'm just walking. I have my head held high. I'm about to go sing, sing praises to God, and to sing praises for my college. And then my my uh, my advisor, he calls me in. Uh, my coach, Dr. Mar, calls me in. He said, "We're awarding you a music scholarship." Right there. Ooh, so I get a music scholarship. I didn't tell everybody this story, right? But I'm gonna give it to you since you're on a podcast. It's yes, a exclusive. You know, okay. You get an exclusive look into Mr. Dormy. So, <laughs> so I get a two, I think it's a fifteen hundred dollar scholarship at the time. And so I kept on singing and I looked outside. I said, This is what you meant, God, right? When it rains, it pours. You see, small things make big, big impact. You know, mm-hmm. tectonic plates, that's all that that's all what it is when when small seismic tremors causes all these shift in the world. You see what I'm saying? So it, it's a small thing. So that that really set me off to understand the power that I held. Because I spoke it into existence that, that rains it pours. So, but I still remember struggling every year though. So I remember I remember one um one year I didn't even get notice from Morehouse. They didn't tell me that, oh bro, like 
you're struggling. Like you're not going to be able to be there next semester. They waited mm-hmm. to the tail end to tell me. So now I'm at the tail end of the semester. I'm like, yo, where's the money going to come from? What am I going to do? But then I remember I was here before and God brought me out. Amen. I was here before and I went back to Harlem, New York during my struggle. And I went to these high schools and I mentored and I led and I brought a bunch of people to teach kids how to be greater than the circumstances. I went there. Why? Because I knew that there was greater for me. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that someone else needed me. The world, I feel like it's, it's just this one principle. If you understand that the world needs you, you start walking different. But when you understand that the world needs you and you play an integral part in having the world circle around, you start walking like how Jeff Bezos and um, the guy from Tesla walks. You start walking with your golden arches out wide like McDonald's holds itself up every time because you understand the relationship and how without you, the world's not going to survive. Without this podcast, I promise you, I promise you, some student, some person would not know the value they hold. If we never tried, right? So I fast forward the story and I graduate. I'm I'm literally going to Morehouse College. I'm on my senior year. I still don't have finances. I still don't have anything. And I remember jumping from dorm to dorm, not having no like nowhere to stay at night, but I'm just you know breaking in. Don't tell nobody. Breaking in the doors <laughs> to go to sleep. And I'm just trying to, you know, trying to close my eyes, wake up, hide my stuff under the couch, like literally like straight out of a movie, like hide my stuff under like the, the thing. But I went on and put a full suit and I'm going to send the video. I went on and put a full suit on and I went in and, I'm, and, and one day it just struck me. I, you have to imagine how I was feeling. One day it just struck me and I just heard these I am's come in because of the, I remembered like when I was motivating the students in, 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 in New York how they felt. And these I am's came. I am strong. I am confident. I'm successful. I'm a leader. And I led, I think it was like 750 African-American men up and down Brown Street yelling, I am, I am, I am. And that thing brought me to tears because it reminded me why I was fighting. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting because the world needs me. I'm fighting because my mom needs me. I'm fighting because I am more than my circumstances. My circumstances doesn't dictate where I need to go. I tell my circumstances, you are here, but I control where I am going. Mm -hmm. There's a different type of power that comes from understanding the relationship. And I understood it at the time, but I didn't fully grasp it. So God affirmed me even more at the time. So it's like I'm conflicted, right? I'm strong. I'm super strong. But I'm also, like, super confused. And right. you see what I'm I feel like right. everyone has a, a, a road that way. Where like, oh, they're yeah. doing something that they love, they, oh, I got it. We could do it. When they're not doing something that they love, they're like, wait, what's happening? What's going to happen with my finances? I get to my end of the senior year now. Mind you, I'm struggling financially. Someone helps me out so I get there. Robert Smith comes up to the podium. He's standing and he says, this class, the class of 2019, this is my class. My, my, my family's creating a grant to, to help you guys with your loans. My God. Wow. Now, I didn't believe him. Because mind you, it's, now you have to you picture this with me, guys. You're sitting down, right? Hot, blazing sun. You're at the <laughs> highest point of elevation in Georgia. More oh, my right God. The, the sun is creeping on in your back. You're wearing all black. You're black. So, <laughs> so black, now you're black. you see what I'm saying? And the sun is coming from both angles. And now Robert Smith gets up and says that. So I don't know if I jumped up because it was so hot or I jumped up because I didn't believe him. Because it was just, it was e- either one. I need the air to flow. And he said it. Then he said it again. I jumped up on the chest and said, keep on going, Robert. Keep on going. And then so, you know, what happened was I turned back around. I saw my mom standing in the back wearing this yellow, um, yellowish um, a kente cloth um, outfit. And I see her crying. 
And all she's doing is shaking her head. And I could just imagine her head saying, I told you God's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So he you. paid for he paid for the loans for everyone that graduated? Every single person oh of the class gosh. of 2019. Robert Smith literally changed the course of history. And how much did you owe? 195000 Jesus. He sat there not until that's 195,000 for me, right? Because I, you know, I had help in between. Let me do some math. I had some help in between. So imagine other people that had full like four years. But no, this is the icing on the cake for me, though. He paid my loans and then the parent plus loan. Stop. Yep. And he did that for every student in the class of 2019, even the transfer students that transferred into the class of 2019. Wow. Now you tell me. Why should I stop fighting when someone's fighting for me? That's how I know the world needs me. The world needed us, us black people, black men at Morehouse to get to that highest point of elevation. That's why it's so symbolic to, to graduate there, to get there, to understand that our struggle wasn't in vain. Acts Frederick Doug, without struggle, there's no progress. We have to struggle through it sometimes to get the progress. Acts Harriet Tubman, she had to gather up the troops to get there, but carry something with her to stop anyone that's not seeing the vision. Black people are never on the same page, but when they are, they move the unit. We are dangerous because we think together. Mm-hmm. He thought not only for himself, but for others. And then he went even further and blessed even deeper. His gift reminded me of why I fought. Reminded me when I was out looking out the window, crying, calling my mother, why I stayed and poured into my own life. I made that self-investment to get to where I needed to go. Mm -hmm. He reminded that. So he only amplified the gift that was inside of me. I didn't come there decrepit. You know what I mean? I didn't come in there with nothing to the table. You know what I'm saying? I fought. Imagine this. If I would have stopped fighting that felt like I didn't have nothing, I would not have gotten that gift. And if I did, it would have been in a different form at a different time. Mm-hmm. It's something about staying staying with the fight, understanding the lessons, and working through it. Everyone's story is going to be like mine. Everyone's story is going to be like yours, but the principle is still the same. You have to stick through it to get through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ask the little engine that could. Ask the tortoise in the hair. You know, ask them, the poor little turtle. He's a tortoise, right? But he's a turtle to me, right? So the same thing. The, tor- the turtle knew he was going to get He saw the finish line. He saw it. The rabbit was so cocky. Oh, yeah, I got a full ride scholarship. You guys are going to catch me. So let me take a break under the tree. But that old little turtle kept on chugging. Keep an inching along. Keep an inching along. Jesus will come by and by. That turtle knew that if he kept inching along, keep on inching along, he would have got to his goal. So no matter how fast your opposers, the people with full rides, or the people with, not you know, not doubting anyone with full rides, the people that has everything together run mm-hmm. to get to you, they cannot touch you. They'll be dead last. What the God said, the last shall be first, right? The turtle was last. Look at him now. We have to t- adopt principles that, that allows us to be successful. I'm not saying for me, my journey, I know you just asked for my story and I'm sitting here going on a rant. <laughs> you, but I just realized you just asked me. I'm probably got like five more minutes left. I just talk it <laughs> up. But it's, it's a passionate it's thing. But this, I'll tell you right now, like, we have to stop uh, asking people for help and actually go get our help. Like we ask God for help, but we, some of us don't put the work in to get there. 
Yeah. God, I want you to change my life. Okay. He already written in stone that the day that you asked him to do that, he was going to help you change your life. But what are you doing daily to get there? We have to put that hard work, my motto, hard work plus consistency plus motivation equals that daily action of internal progress. It's internal. Everything that we do becomes internal. If you don't believe that this like flourish, you ain't going to get there, baby. It's not by chance. You reach out, you get the results you want. You don't reach out. Some people reach out and, and help, but it's your fight that makes this podcast so powerful. You're beyond powerful. I'm just, I'm basking in your glory right now. Oh my Thank gosh. You. No, I'm serious. <laughs> this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it because it, it, it comes from that struggle. And that's where my foundation came from. The Iron Foundation is mission to, to lead, encourage, and motivate students to see themselves greater than their circumstances. Mm -hmm. If you see yourself greater than your circumstances and you put the hard work in, you be consistent with your hard work and you daily motivate yourself or affirm yourself affirmations you will start working internally on yourself for that external environment to work with you mm -hmm. i told my friend that the other day i said girl you have to rewrite your own story every morning you rewrite your morning somebody wakes up in the morning thinking about how can i ruin someone's day they may not think directly on you but they do something crazy that irritates you mm -hmm. right you have to rewrite your day and tell your day this is how it's going to go I told my dad, I told myself, so right now we have a running campaign, right? $10,000 within these two months to help students stand in the gap because every student deserves a fighting chance to, to remain at their institution. I remember not having finances to stay at my institution. I'm raising capital to make sure other students stay. I had a goal yesterday. I said, I want to reach, um, no, the day before I said, I want to reach 155 because right now we need 155 a day to reach our goal. I do my day. I told myself, I said, we're going to get that goal today. We're going to do it. I come back to the end of the day after the work, after connecting with people. Hey, we have a fundraiser going on. Want your help? We got to our goal. Congratulations. Thank you. We still have more to go, though. Right? <laughs> so anybody listening, <laughs> keep on giving. Keep on giving. We're about to get there. Yes, Link in the bio. Oh, and we'll but, get to that, too, at the end. So you can share your social media and share um, share the, the link and stuff so that people can donate. Yes, thank you. Um, it, again, it it goes to it goes to what you tell your day to do. The world the world works for you. Once we understand that too, which is a relationship, we will know how to navigate it a little bit. A lot of it deals internally, and the rest will work externally. Your mind will go. No, your body will go as far as your mind will take you. You know, I make that up myself. I heard it from someone and it makes so much sense. If I tell myself that I'm going to go run a mile today, well, you're pretty damn sure skippy. I'm going to sweat, burn, cry, but I'm going to run that mile because my mind is telling my body what to do. That's why, you know, the, the, the slogan that, we, that people use, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I'm going to say this before we get to our next question, even though I took up all the time, right? <laughs> you're good. You're good. My guy, Jose, I was in New York one day. I'm sitting down outside, Empanada City. If you're ever in New York, get that. It's in Brooklyn. He sat there. He talked to me, and it was so powerful. He said, I remember when there was drug wars outside, and black people were dying, and cops were killing us. I remember when all these buildings, these insurance companies came and burnt it down just for money. I remember all these things that happened to us, but one thing I also remembered was not letting those things get into my mind. So he put his hand on his head, right? And he said to me, he looked me in my eye, he said, listen, don't let them get in there. And as he's tapping, so in there, don't let them get in there. 
because they try to take everything else away from you. And if you let them get in your mind, you have lost the battle. Mm. Think about slavery. They beat us, they whip us, they, they, they spit on us, they, they, they rape our people. They do all these craziness, right, to get into our mind. If we can't break you physically, we'll destroy you mentally so you have no room to get in. If they get into your mind, if you let your pain and struggle always get into your mind and you don't know, and you don't even try to push yourself out of it, or even when it's hard, you push even harder, mm-hmm. you're telling your circumstance you control it. Okay, let's go into the Bible shortly, right? The book of Job shows you, right, how the devil has no power over us, but yet we blame the devil for our circumstances. Mm-hmm. The devil went up to God and asked God to touch his servant Job. Nowhere else in the Bible does God even, did you hear any God say, um, take my trusted servant Job? He only hear it one time, in whom I'm well pleased. Satan had to march up to heaven to ask God to touch Job. God said, you could touch Job, but you can't take his life. That shows you right there the devil's flaws. That right. means he only throws the, the, the thought to do wrong in your head. God tested you. The devil tempts you. God's testing Job to see his faith. The devil's tempting you so you can doubt God. Because right. if he can get you to doubt God, you will give in. If he can get you to doubt yourself, because why, why do you think the devil fights for your mind? He doesn't want you to see your potential. Yeah. He doesn't want you to see who you are. I'm done. I'm gonna stop right there. It's, it's, <laughs> but it shows you. It shows you. It's, I saw. I gotta say. I'm dropping the mic. The mic is my phone, so I'm turning it off. I'm just waiting. I'm done. I'm done speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, you were you was preaching again. You was preaching again because you know the mind is a battlefield. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever uh, seen that Joyce Meyer book. Um, and y'all definitely check out her Bible plan on the Bible app. But the mind is a battlefield, and it's yeah. so true that. Um, we do have to speak into our day and to our circumstances. At the beginning of the day, on my way to work, I try to remind myself and pray um, mm-hmm. and ask God to go before me mm-hmm. and that, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so regardless of what happens, that's still the truth. Yep. That is still how my day is going to be, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And whatever okay. happens, I will rejoice and be glad it didn't. So that is like my mantra on the, uh, the way to work sometimes. Um, but it's so powerful and encouraging to be reminded that, you know, your circumstances, they don't run you unless you allow them to. And we do give the enemy too, way too much power. Um, it's funny. There's this joke my aunt told me actually a while ago about how, uh, the devil one day went crying to God and God's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, they always blame everything on me. And Mm. it's so funny because we do, we give the enemy way too much credit and he he don't hold no weight. No way. He's scared. He don't hold no weight. Like it's really, a lot of times too, doing that, it takes away accountability for ourselves and growth for ourselves. Also too, it's not that these circumstances are coming for our bad, but, also for our good is just we don't change our perspective and we don't we don't see suffering and uh struggle and things like that as ways to bring us to the next level we think that with life and with god and being a i for me i'm a christian um so a lot of times you know people think that it's just an easy you know day in life every single day and nothing ever comes but that's not even biblical like if we are to be like christ if we are to you know 
experience life on earth as we pray and ask him to allow us to, then we do have to suffer. We do go to trials and tribulations, but those things, when they do come, they don't harm us and they aren't to take us out and to know they're to what does Jeremiah 29, 11 say, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The, the, the world's favorite scripture, mm-hmm. you know, we do have hope in God and hope in our future. And, you know, God, he allows a lot of those circumstances and tribulations to come, especially in your situation. You know, you had these times where you, your faith was tested. You had these times where your circumstances, they weren't looking too good, but you still had a promise. You know, your mom, not only speaking uh, God's truth over you, but you had a promise to hold on to that you were going to be okay. You were going to be good. And I love that. I love that God will remind us of his promises. Mm-hmm. And even though in the journey to the promise, it, it doesn't feel good. And Mm-mm. that's really where, you know, our faith gets tested and where things start to go look really ghetto, mm-hmm. like real ghetto. Um, so I definitely, uh, I definitely know where you're coming from. I know for me, when I was in school, um, I, so I had gotten into school in Paris at one point. I wanted to study uh, textiles um, in fashion school. Super excited about that. And so in Virginia, that's where I'm from. Um, Ooh, okay. We, we have like a, well, I think everywhere has it, but it's a five to nine plan. And so um, basically like, it's like a college like tuition thing that your parents can put money into. And my dad started this when I was in uh, elementary school. So long story short, by the time I graduated, I went to community college, graduated from there, and I used some of that money as well as to, uh, financial aid uh, to get through school. Graduated, got into school in Paris, used all of that money to go to school. Then my mom got sick, couldn't go, but it's all right. Because mm-hmm. there's redemption and God, you know, God's rejection, excuse me, man's rejection is God's protection. Mm-hmm. So a lot of circumstances was going on, but I ended up going to university. Shout out to ODU. ODU. Shout ODU. out to Morehouse. More uh, Monarchs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that journey, you know, I remember, you know, getting emails like my classes are going to be dropped and, you know, I, I owed substantial amounts of money every semester. And it's just like, but Lord, I've already seen what you can do. Like, Lord, mm-hmm. you've already gotten me to this point. Lord, mm-hmm. you've already taken care of this in the past. Like, Lord, I'm trying to have faith, but mm-hmm. like, I don't understand why this keeps happening and why this keeps, why I keep getting tested in this area. But you're showing me that I don't have the faith that I believe that I have. However, you are doing good work in the little bit of faith I do have. So just that whole season of trusting God, like, that's that's all I had. And like you were saying how you had a village. I did as well. And I'm so grateful. I'll share this part too. In church one day, my pastor was like, um, my bishop, he had said, um, if you're believing in a car, a job, um, marriage, um, you know, your marriage being fixed, whatever, if you're believing in any of these things. And he also said tuition, books, like stand up by faith and don't mm-hmm. feel embarrassed. Don't feel scared you know, but let this be a declaration that you are trusting God for this thing. And so I remember standing, standing up and then he, you know, told the congregation, if there's anyone that's around you that's standing up, extend your hands towards them or touch them. You know, this is, this is pre COVID. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And just pray for them, but also pray for yourself. And so, you know, did that by the end of service, this lady walked up to me and she was like, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to come to you. Mind you, she's on the other side of church. She said, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to come to you and to give you money, give you a check. So what is it that you need money for? And so I said, for books. And he's, and she's like, that's exactly what he told me to give you money for, was for books, for school. So she literally wrote me a check right then and there. Oh, my in God. the sanctuary. Then this amazing woman of God had the nerve to take me out to lunch the next day and pay for it. Like... Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah. You see, yeah, and it, it reminds me of what his pastor said. Yeah, um, he said it best to me. He says you have to remind God of His promises. Like mm-hmm. when we pray, like and I, and I, you know, so funny. I was talking to my friend about this the other night too. Um, when when I was younger, growing up in like you know, um, like Pentecostal or whatever church it was, they sometimes churches make God seem like this big magical being, right? That you mm-hmm. can't feel, that you can't that you can't touch. Right. I don't want to say feel because, you know, people say, I feel the spirit, you know, <laughs> like can't feel it. It's, it's, we have to change the, even that relationship to, to a point where when I went to this um, private school and I was younger, um, what the guy said when he was praying, he said, good morning, God. I thank you for this day. He made it so personal. And I was like, Ooh, we're going to get in trouble. But my simple mind at the time was like, wait, why would you know talk to God like that? And as I started studying him and understanding him, well, this man is full of love, you know? This being is full of light, you know what I mean? And we have to remind God, right, that, hey, God, you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. You said you're going to keep me, God. You said you won't put too much on me on my bed. I need your help. Mm-hmm. Remind him of his promises. Somewhere in the Bible, uh, one great person did it. You remind him of it. Not that he's it's gonna, you know, to, I'm not gonna say not that it's not gonna change anything, but it's like you're also reminding yourself mm-hmm. that he said it. And 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 when I think about like, you know, deaths and families or just like me going to college, struggling, you going to college and having your own pains with like family and stuff, the same thing with mine, it just reminds me that like he wanted me the whole time to lean on him, to ask him for help, to actually seek his face so that I can do better. Right. And then in doing so, work on it. Stop asking only and not working. He's going to make room with me working or not. But you being a bump on the log and not trying and not believing that it's going to happen does not help the cause. That's why rewriting your day, reminding God and actually working on yourself all helps you every day. It's a daily action of that consistency that makes you makes you 10 times more valuable to yourself. And absolutely. And that's the thing that I focus on with my with my foundation. It's the identity. You know, like, who are you? Have you ever taken the time to actually look in the mirror? Like, I mean, faithfully look in that mirror and look in the mirror. You tell yourself, I am beautiful. I am loved. I am enough. Worth it. I can do it. I'm going to stop asking people to give me a platform. I'm going to make my own. Have you ever just stopped and just like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like students ever get a chance to really do that. Why? I was one. I was one. You know what I'm saying? I was one. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, people saw me as Mr. Jovial. You know, I was there. I was happy. And I was really happy because I was happy that every day I have a life and breath because some people don't wake up. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have the ability to move like we move. Some people don't have the chance to talk like we talk. So I'm grateful every day that I have a second chance at life. 
I have a second chance to do it all over. Sometimes we make our small problems big, big, big troubles. Sometimes we make our small transgress, uh, small problems, and we, we make uh, big solutions that, that last forever. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's just a small problem to teach us a, a lesson that, okay, you need money to get there. How do I, how would you get there if you change your mindset? How would you walk if you change your own internal relationship? I feel like life is the identity. That's what we work on. The relationship. That's what we work on. The hard work. That's what we work on. And what consistency and motivation looks like. Those things right there creates a five pillar system that allows you to breathe deeper into yourself. Absolutely. F, ask Robert Kiyosaki, right? It is it, Robert Kiyosaki. Let me let me go to something smaller. I love my Harry. I love my Rosa. I love my Frederick. You know what I mean? I love these people that pillaged the way for us. I love those people that pillaged the way for us because they knew what it meant to keep on persevering. Rosa was attacked, spit on, like people don't respect her. She, you, you know the story. I don't want to get too gory, raped her, beat her, all of that over and over and over again. But yet she found that she mustered up the courage to get up the next day and pillage a railroad to get people there, to get people to the promised land, to get people to a place where they can go. But because we're all not on the same page, she had to take some people out. Not because she wanted to, it's because we're not, we, we never fall on the same page to see that we can do better, to see that there's a better chance. We get so comfortable, the people that want to stay, we get so comfortable in fear that if I step out, I will not do it. If I step out, I will not make it. Instead of when I step out, I will make it, let me work. Yeah. There is a you see what I'm saying? There's the middle part. Yeah, absolutely. That work. You did it yourself. You had a podcast idea, it came on to you. You're like, you know what? Damn, I want to do it. So I'm gonna do it. You did it. Look at it now. I say to myself, you have a million and trillion followers. It's, but it's not really about the followers. That's the end goal, right? Let's just say end goal, right? right? It's the journey that you got there. The journey. No face, right? But all voice. There's so much power in the voice that we have. Satan tried to take our mind. We don't, we give him enough, too much credit for that. But God tests us in that, right? Mm -hmm. But then he also tried to strip our voice. Society strips our voice. Only the people in big power can speak. I remember being, I remember, I remember people telling me, oh no, Eli, you can't do this. You can't speak here. Oh no. I remember doing my IMs even at school. Someone told me, no, we don't need to do the IMs here. Wow. You know, and that crushes my spirit. Because students find a way. Okay, students have a voice. A lot of them don't know their voice. A lot Mm -hmm. of them don't know their place. Why? Because they're observing and looking at other words. We're a big computer. We sit and observe, observe and store data, store data. I see this, I want to do that. I see this mannerism, I want to act like that. But we never get a chance to act like ourselves. Why? Because we're still storing data. We're not learning on ourselves. A computer computer only could be cleaned, right? When we clean it. Computer memory can only be wiped when we wipe it. But let me think about it. We are we we are the motherboard. We are the 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 we're the promised land. We're the we're the, we're the chosen people. Why don't we work on ourselves? All right. And remember, it's all taught. Like everything is taught. Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it like this. I love this last one because it's so interesting. When you think about a child, right? All you hear is dad, mom. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Not once do you hear a child. I've never heard it, man. I, there may be a anomaly out there. <laughs> Not once do you hear a child say, look what I can't do, mommy. Look what I can't do, mommy, until you tell that child what the can't means. 
Okay, now you tell the child what the camp means and then you bottle it with, oh, look what society has done to you. You have to fall in line and do this. So now you stump the little child's creativity because look what he can't do. Look what he can't do. Instead of, son, look what you can do. And all the things you can do, you will do. And when you do all the things that you've already done, do some more. Let me help you believe in yourself. We stop. A we have to teach a child the I can't. They can observe the wrong. They won't do wrong unless you, you know, unction them to do wrong, or unless they watch and do wrong. Monkey see, monkey do, right? The, you know, the saying. I'm probably not gonna use monkey see, but uh, you, you know, uh, leaders and followers. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like we follow after the crowd, but sometimes the crowd is not actually going the right way, so we fall into a, a big ocean of nothing, right? But when we teach a, a child what the I can't means, now their whole environment is dictated on the can'ts. How many can'ts can I get out today? I'm, I'm telling you, they need to do studies on this stuff. This is real stuff. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Uh, being able to model for children like the cans and the I am's and things like that, just putting that in the forefront of everything they do and not always reminding children about, I can't, I can't, or they can't do something. Um, even like with the word no, and that's something they definitely teach you. So I'm like, I'm a children's librarian. Um, so, you know, mm. even in like my field, like when we do like early literacy uh, programs and activities and things like that, Montessori activities, just it's literally creating an environment for them to succeed and for them to say, they can do it and for them to physically in action be able to do that as well. So mm. I love that with your foundation, like that is literally the forefront of it is showing kids like you can and you are and but for them to have that confidence within themselves. I, I think that as adults, we definitely don't create space for children to be confident. And I know I was not raised, not to say I was raised to be confident, I was raised to be a confident like like woman or just in general, but not specifically like as an individual, like Valerie, mm -hmm. you are confident or I am this, I am that. Like mm -hmm. I, I heard a lot of, a lot of can'ts and don't do that mm -hmm. and knows and, growing up. And you know, even one more ice on the cake, you always hear you need somebody. Yeah. Oh man, that thing burns me, you know, and it burns me because it's like, your success is now predicated on someone else when in reality you need you and and we all need each other. Right. We definitely all need, we need each other. You're, right. you're strong because of the background, the people that, that brought you up, you know, and you're strong because of your fight. You're strong because of the work that you consistently produce every day and you find your power and voice in it. We work together as one to magnify your voice, to amplify who you are. So it's not, we both need each other, but this need is different. This need is in an elevation standpoint instead of, oh, yeah, you need me to, to be successful. I can't, I can't get over hearing that. Right. When people right. offer assistance to you, you know what I mean? And my thing is, when you think about assistance, when you think about help to people, it's to me, it does become real help when they brag about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they throw it in your face. And then when the, now, mind you, when the time comes to ask for help, what happens? Oh, sorry, I can't do that. What happened? What happened to all the uh, what happened to all the things I need you for? Right. <laughs> I think it's interesting how they bring the relationship up, right? 
because they want to take ownership for you. And one thing I learned with my guidance counselor too, is that she only saw from her seat of guidance. She couldn't see possibly past that. Right. Or if she saw past that, it's only sadness and misery. But what people don't understand is at their stopping, their, their, the end point of their vision is also the beginning of someone else's. Mm-hmm. So you have to nurture their identity and, and, and form them in the way where at the end of this role where, where student loans meet the student, you teach them what it means to keep being perseverant through it so they can actually get through it. Right. Or better yet, get to it. But there is a there's a there is a literally a, a relationship problem there. People see only what they want to see, right? And then after they see what they only want to see, they don't help anyone else see greater than. Because that's where they're stopped at, blocked at learning. I can't, I can't, I can't. This won't work. This won't work. Man, if Jeff Bezos thought about that all day in the back of his garage when he was doing Amazon, he would still be in the back of his garage still doing Amazon. Let's just talk about it. If McDonald's, right, if Ronald himself only saw or listened to the two people that that told him that actually owned McDonald's at the time that, oh, yeah, you won't be able to franchise this. And he actually listened to what they said and stayed there. We won't have a multi-trillion dollar company all around the world serving Happy Meals. Right. We have to change what we, the relationship with our ears and our hearts. Because everybody, like Jose said, wants to get into your head to tell you you can't. Yes, they're all on different spectrum. Yes, their financial capacity is different. Yes, they, they're built different. Yes, their relationship is different. Yes, they come from a different background, but it doesn't matter. Their mindset controls what they do. They feel like they could walk in authority and crush the market because they, they know in themselves that they can do it. Absolutely. All right, Elijah, yes. You better, I'm just, you you better be speaking and preaching. Yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> what, what do people say? I charge for this. No, I don't. <laughs> and look, amen. We're going to charge in the spirit. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hallelujah. He Look, God just rewarded both of us. He rewarded us in, 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 in um, elevation, taking us to a different level. And I think that is what um, every day needs to be, where we learn and we grow from every day and we see it as a win. Even when, let me, I, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna say the last thing. When we raise $50, Robert, we need 155 a day, right? We raised $50 one day. I text my team and I said, hey, y'all, great win. We run $50. And you know what? We're $50 close to our goal. When you start understanding that, it makes it even funnier because you're like, dang, like our goal was 100, but we raised 50. We had $50 that we didn't have before. Why is everyone sad? Be okay. Let's work. Let's do better today. Brush right. off those things. You know what I mean? So absolutely, I absolutely. So I'm seeing on your social media, you know, you're doing like news interviews and stuff like that. Like, what sort of things or uh, opportunities has um, your testimony created for you these days? Hmm. What things or testimonies has it created for me these days? Well, um, I'll say it like this. Um, I have, I, I, my testimony, is a test for Elijah. 
being on these news platforms, being in, in these rooms, being in these arenas where I'm sharing my story is a, is, is a test. It's a conversation with Elijah. When I motivate people and I talk to people, it's a test for Elijah. When I'm on a Zoom call and I'm looking around, it's a test for Elijah. Why? Because there's something greater out there. There's a little voice inside my head that tries to tell me that I can't reach my goals. That's what, that's what to me, these, these news interviews, the podcast series is. It's, it's, it's for the inner me. And I'm not saying that because it's like not true. It, I realized this the other day that when I'm on Zoom calls, I'm preaching to myself. I'm educating myself. I, I said to myself, I never want to go on another platform again where I'm not leaving something. I don't only want you to feel good, right? I want you to learn something. I want you to learn how to be deeper. I want you, I want you to learn how to love yourself even more. All of these news platforms, every, every arena, it allows me to reach a different audience to help them see themselves greater than. That's what those provenas done. Help them see themselves greater than. Help me minister myself because there's still things I go through myself internally where when the, when the, when the going get tough and I get scared. But then I wake up, I throw some tunes and I'm like, yo, God, bro, what's up? You told me you're not going to leave me. You told me you're going to help me. Oh, I have to put in the work. Got it, got it, got it. Thank you. I forgot my fault, boss. <laughs> like, I thought this was going to be handed to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's what it is. Those media things, like, it's all a part of my testimony because every time I get on there, there's something else that happened. Maybe something at the job where people don't believe in me. I remember the guy told me at my job. He said to me, he said, Elijah, I'm worried about you. Mind you, I'm in Brooklyn, right across the street from Empanada City. I've never seen Empanada City in my life, but right across the street from a church. He said, Elijah, I'm worried about you. I'm like, what? Why are you worried about me? He says, I'm worried no one's fighting for you. No one's fighting for me. I said, hey, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried. Mm -mm, I'm not worried about that. God's got me. Right. I'm not worried about that. You know why I'm not worried about that? Because when I was struggling at Morehouse, God kept me. When I came into Missouri, God kept me. When I was hungry, he, he fed me. When I need clothes, he clothed not only me, but my family. When I needed a voice of love, he kept me in love and wrapped his loving arms around me. It, the path to where I'm at right now, I, and I leave it on my lap, but it's going to be worth it. I am worth every penny that comes into my own pockets. I invest in me first. So my testimony is not, look what I've done. I never want to stop at the last accomplishment I made. I want to keep rewriting history for myself. So when I look back at myself, I'm like, Elijah, you struggled hard. No one was fighting for you, but you fighting for yourself. No one believed in you, but no, you believe in yourself. I have people all day don't believe in my capacity to do good or my capacity to raise $10,000. Well, I have newsflash for everybody. No one can set any goal besides me. You can't tell me what I can and cannot make unless I tell myself I won't get there. You can't tell, you can't tell us that this podcast won't go worldwide because I set myself up to get there. This is divine intervention to me. That's what my testimony does. It awakens me. It makes me see that I can help people see themselves greater. It makes me see that I can speak to myself even more. I'm standing right now out looking outside my window, looking at the wonderful fields that God said in the beginning of the book, Right, that he's gonna you know water the earth and put the grass on everything. He said, When you see a rainbow, it's a promise that I will not flood the earth again. There's been storms and storms and storms. What God promised was I will not flood the earth. Earth is an entire home. 
you know, and I also think back to it too. If you ever seen concrete, sometimes you see little weeds coming out the ground. God's promise again that he's going to keep that green keep coming. I think it gets even better than this. What makes me not even worry or worry, but not to work too hard because God's promised to us, right? That he said, he said it somewhere in the book, I think it was Matthew specifically, he said, he said, look at the, look at the grass as they, as they grow, right? Look at the birds in the sky as they, as they, you know, they, they toss and turn, they do what they do, right? Um, look how I feed them. The birds don't have to worry about what they shall eat or what they shall drink. And then he says, aren't you much more than them? Literally, he said, aren't you greater than them? So why would I not do it for you? Oh, oh, oh. And then he says this, and I thought it was so profound. He said, God, I'm with Jesus, right? He said, can you add? I don't think you're ready. You ready? Is anybody ready we, on this we, podcast? We ready. we ready. We ready. Listen, he said, can you add a single hour to the day with all the worrying you're doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, now this book in the Bible, what this is mad old. This book is dusty. This book has been around, you know, a long time. But somehow those words still transcend to the day. Can I actually add a single hour in the day with all the worrying I'm doing? Hmm. Right. Now, a smart person who wants to be smart will say, yes, I can. Oh, no, 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 baby. You can't. Because you're never going to get those minutes back. Someone said to yesterday on a clubhouse, people got to stay woke. He says, he said, a great philosopher said it. He says, life is hard compared to what? I know everybody on the podcast is confused. Life is hard compared to what? What do you have to compare it to? Wow. That thing is real serious. That's real deep. Right. See, but look, the grass still grow. The birds still eat. You ever wonder where a bird go when it's winter time? All the time. (laughs) You see what I'm saying, girl? I be wondering where the hell the bird go. Keep me up at night. Where y'all be doing? (laughs) Look about this. Here's, Here's the most interesting part, right? How does grass grow and you never planted a seed there? Okay, someone built a whole apartment complex. They stripped the ground from everything. But yet, weeds grow out of that, the the cracks of of the concrete. Who planted the seed? Okay, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. If the grass doesn't have to worry about how they can grow, if the birds don't have to worry about how they're going to eat, I'm not going to worry about if God's going to sustain me. I'm going to sustain myself and ask God for help every time. And I'm going to lean more on him so that he can help me get to where I need to go. Because nobody can tell you where you need to go but you. God will affirm your path when you seek his face so he can give you direction. Right. You're not in this alone. That's for everybody on the podcast. And I'm ministering to myself because, you know, I'm tired of asking people for help. You when need I both. Need to ask my, you see what I'm saying? I need to ask myself, Eli, what do you need? Right. Because God is, I, it's a confirmation. Every time I get somewhere, God covers me. Every time I wake up in the morning, he protects me. Every time I think about my nine brothers and sisters, how he keeps every one of them. Mm-hmm. Every time I think about my mother, she's like, what, 45 now? Almost 50? He kept her 50 years to keep us, to get us here? If I wasn't even supposed to be born, you know how my father passed away? We weren't supposed to be born. The doctor told my mom, we're not going to be born. Mm -mm, Baby, no, no, you ain't going to have that baby. Mm -mm, No. God, my my father prayed, right? He prayed, he prayed, he prayed. He went to a secret place. He prayed, he prayed, he prayed, he prayed. God gave her, my mother, nine kids, right? 
three of which right now are in college, two of which they're out. The other two, the other three are old, right? If I can count right, that's nine. <laughs> right. My father tells my mom the night before, he says, he says to my mom, he says, my wife, my, my wife, hear me, my mom. He says, uh, I want to see God's face. Mom's like, no, baby, no. If you see God's face, you're going to have to go up. You have to be, you're, you're sin, you're, you're cold, you know, your flesh is just sin, you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you see God's face, you don't have to go up. He said, no, I got to see God's face. So he goes to church at night. Mom says, no, no, don't go, honey. Please don't, don't go. Like, if you see God's face, you're going to have to go up. But he prepared himself. He asked my aunt to get him a white suit for everything. He goes to church. He praises God. And I'm pretty certain every time he jumped up, he jumped up seven times. He said, God, I want to see you. God, you've kept me. God, you've blessed me. God, you made a way out of no way. God, you gave me six to nine, nine kids. God, you gave me a house. God, you told, you told me what's going to happen when the doctor told me it's not. You healed me. And he jumped up that seven times and he dropped. I asked God, why does he have to die? You know, I asked it. But I understand, you know, a little bit that in his death, I was born and his death, strength was born. And then in his death, power was born, right? And I grew a close relationship to God because of it. it's a paradox, right? How do you die in church and you praise God still, right? Right. It's, it, it's a really, it's really interesting thing, but I praise God because I know one day I'm going to see his face. Amen. And because of that, my, my story becomes, I'm not asking anyone for, for a handout. I'm, I'm going to help everyone get a hand up. I'm going to walk people like Harriet did, and I'm going to sit in silence like Rosa did. And Rosa sat in silence where everyone stood. That's a sermon for itself. Rosa sat in silence while everyone else stood. Some battles don't require you to stand. Mm-hmm. Some battles, Rosa's battles, required her to run. Dr. King's battles required him to speak. Understand your power that only comes in internal reflection in oneself. If you are afraid to be alone with yourself, you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself, hey, baby, someone's trying to stop me. Right. And how do we get there? We have to understand that the world needs us. Why do you think companies hire the best of the best? They need you. Google won't be Google unless they had a smart person coming in there, one of the students from college. Amazon won't be Amazon unless they had a, a, a they hired a great manager. McDonald's won't be McDonald's. Matter of fact, Starbucks won't be Starbucks without the young students that want to be managers at there at the spot. Come on now. I mean, okay. I'm weak. <laughs> no, I'm, <done. laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm, I'm weak. I mean, everything you said was so 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 true. Um especially, you know, the fact that we as people, like we really need to begin to um, really not ask for a handout so much or not to say you shouldn't ask for help. No, you should, you should ask for help if that's what you need, but just being mindful to of who you ask. Um, like you said earlier, um, you know, people taking ownership of when they do support you, when they do help you, mm-hmm. things like that. But that's why it's so important to surround yourself around people who, you know, aren't going to 
you know, take advantage of you in that way and aren't going to be so prideful and, and things like that. Um, so that, that is so, so, so true. Um, I've, I've definitely loved our time together. Like this has been so powerful and insightful. You definitely speaking to my heart and things that I've been going through. And I definitely appreciate that. But I also love, you know, that you recognize that even in your own wisdom and your own insight that, you know, you still need to hear those things for yourself. So I love that like reflection um, and like accountability you have for yourself. Uh, so with that, what is an encouraging word that you can share um, with students and with people who are just believing in God for things or, um, and, you know, need to be affirming themselves um, and reminding themselves of, you know, God's promises and who they are, you know, to this world. I would say, first of all, I got to say thank you again for having me on the platform. That's one. Um, everyone, if y'all don't know, please follow me on Instagram at E-L-I-J-A-H-N-E-S-L-Y <laughs> and support the page to give to help students with a fighting chance. Um, and I will take this one right here to say me and my friend Eva, we sat down and talked. Her name is Eva Phoenix, amazing person. And we were talking and the last thing I would add from our conversation is stop asking people to hold space. Mm-hmm. Stop asking people to give you a platform. That came from the handbook of yourself. Self-love. That's your body fighting to be you. Stop asking to be like everyone else and be yourself. If you don't know what it is, sit down, read a book, go outside, find what you love. Stop asking to be loved and love yourself. Who sings it best? Self-love is the best love. Your love is the Ari best Lennox, love. that is my song. You see what I'm saying? Song. Why yes. do you think she sings that? Because self-love is the best love. Because other people's love sometimes comes with strings attached. Right. Build yourself up so no one can break you. It's not a prideful thing. It's a self-love thing. Build yourself up so when you cling on to someone else or you get with somebody else, you ain't clinging. You're connecting. Mm -hmm. You are just as more valuable, just as they are. Stop idolizing people, right? And work on yourself. Because just as they are valuable, you are much more valuable as well. Right. I am complete. You are loved. You are important. You, you are amazing. You are a gift. You are beautiful. You are intelligent. You can do anything you set your mind to. You are above average. You are important. You are, again, enough and worth it. Never forget that. My name is Elijah, and I am grateful to be on this platform. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Clubhouse outro. We love to hear it. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you again, Elijah. You have definitely encouraged me and everyone listening so much. Um, where can the people find you on social media one more time? Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I did it again. Elijah Nestle. Um, that's my Instagram. Um, I would say you just connect with me on Instagram until we drop the website. It's going to revamp. So it's E-L-I-J-A-H Nestle N-E-S-N-E-S-L-Y. Um, that's the Insta. Follow me. Follow the foundation. Give, give, give and help, help, help. Absolutely. 
And thank you all for listening. As always, remember to live a life that pleases God and blesses others. Until next time. Bye.